Welcome to Catholic Economics. I'm your host, Levi Russell, and today is October 20th, 2020. So this week I want to pick up on something from my interview with E. Michael Jones last week. Uh, that was episode 69, if you, uh, if you are listening to this later. So uh, what he said in there uh, that I want to pick up on today is something about Pope Francis and his emphasis on usury. And it was kind of interesting, you know, he talked about uh, Pope John Paul II, and, and we all sort of know him as the, you know, the anti-communist pope. Uh, and, of course, you know, John Paul II was, was pope for a really long time, and, and during, he was pope when the, the Berlin Wall fell and all that. And you, when you read his uh, social encyclicals, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. When you read his social encyclicals, especially Solicitudo Rei Socialis, um, and then you you get to Centesimus Anos, um, you know he's 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 still very much in tune with uh, Leo the Thirteenth. He's uh, not really in favor of um, anything that uh, the I guess the neocons or the you know the the liberal uh, free market types would would really be in favor of. Of course, you know, uh, uh, private property and all that sort of thing obviously are good things, but they are sort of not without limit, and, and we know that. We know that from Pius XI and, and uh, all of that sort of thing. And what, what E. Michael Jones talked about was that Francis comes in now and he's saying, okay, well, you know, all of this stuff was good. You know, it was good when we were fighting against communism and, and all of that. But now it's sort of like we've gone too far the wrong direction now. Now we've got um, all these big donors that are uh, essentially, you know, economic liberals. I mean, I'm thinking of the Napa Institute. I'm thinking of the Acton Institute, um, and you know, they're they're very influential. They're have got a lot of money behind them, and they are still pushing as if our biggest problem is communism and not as if our, our, our problems are something else, right? Okay. So we've defeated the communist ideas, right? Let's move on and let's, let's take, uh, let's take a hold of the real problems that we see and that even some of the people these days that are socialists or whatever they call themselves um, are also seeing and let's provide a better solution. Right. And so, I think uh, Francis talking so much about usury and focusing more on that than uh, previous popes uh, in recent memory uh, is, um, is is a good thing. And so I, I just want to also mention that you know Benedict XVI was even uh, you know at least at least had some things against uh, against usury, and he uh, I've got this little piece where he says that uh, usury is a social plague. <laughs> so. Um, it's good stuff. And, um, there, there were a few pieces about a meeting that Pope Francis had, uh, back in 2018, where he's, he's meeting with this anti, this Italian national anti-usury group. And I guess he meets with them or the Popes meet with them generally every once in a while, um, give them a little talk and then write them a letter or something like that. And, uh, you know, in this address that Pope Francis gives, he's talking about the fact that um, we need uh, that, that 
that these people educating folks on usury is a good thing, right? Educating people on the uh, the, the need to try to navigate life without uh, without taking on uh, you know a lot of debt or without taking it on at all, and then also thinking about discussing this type of an issue with um, you know the, even bankers and stuff, right? And and helping to educate them on on uh, the the theological points of the faith. And I, I think the problem here um, is that we we see this and we think, okay, or we, there's a certain subset of people who will say, you know, that, uh, well, you know, Pope Francis is a, is a socialist or whatever because he is anti-usury. And, I, you know, I've got another piece here where uh, just this year where he's talking about um, – during Lent and stuff like this, he's talking about uh, a, a jubilee and, and how that needs to reach into our pockets, right? The people who are are, are doing really well financially, you know, they need this needs to be uh, an opportunity. This is an opportunity for real sacrifice for them, and and alms and and helping your fellow man to avoid usury is a great thing, right? Because you, as he says here, usury is a great a great sin. Instead, the Lord has promised his mercy to everyone. The Lord will always give you double. If we want God's mercy, we will start to do it. And what he means by start to do it is uh, to to help help each other out without you know expecting um, interest in return. And what I think is so interesting, you know, just tying in with um, with E. Michael Jones here, is that we we have all uh, kind of when we come to the church, we have these uh, preconceived notions. Whether whether we're raised in the church and we start to learn about social teaching, or uh, like me, you're a convert. Uh, I converted, let's see, almost 14 years ago now. Um, you, you bring your own sort of ideology with you. And, and for most of us, that, that ideology is, um, was, was given to us early in life, or it was given us from, at least from outside of the church, right? And the, the issue is, I think that, you know, when we, when we read the social teaching of the church, we, we should, I think, put aside our ideology to some extent. I mean, probably to a great extent. I mean, what is it that the popes potentially the popes know a lot more than we do about a lot of these things? Sure, the popes are going to consult with uh, with with people in in their expertise, but the popes are are ultimately the ones making the decisions here. And I think by analogy, right, we have uh, something like the president, right, with this whole Rona thing. You know, the president is, uh, you know, a wise president is going to seek the counsel of uh, uh, epidemiologists or whatever and, and physicians. But at the same time, the, the president is the one who has to make that decision. And, you know, the popes can they can consult economists and um, other other types of scientific people, whether they're talking about abortion and uh, bioethics. Maybe they're going to talk to, uh, you know, some physicians for that kind of thing. They're, they're going to consult, you know, sort of maybe some of the, the people that are engaged in the study of these fields but they're ultimately the ones that are going to say uh, you know this is this is where the the science meets the theology and, and we're going to to put something together that is in line with the teaching of the church right and so we have Leo the 13th uh, giving us um, you know this this fantastic discussion in rerum Novarum about the need for um, a, a living wage right and a, and a family wage that uh, and, and that's what comports with the, the 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 traditional teaching of a just wage well this is how it's you know he's, he's lining out okay this is how it should work in an industrial society where most people are employees right this is this is a new thing for uh for western society right so 
the idea that uh, we we come to the church and then we put aside our preconceived ideology, and I, I certainly had to do that. I had to give up my libertarian, um, you know, perspectives, and and embrace what Pius Pius the Eleventh was teaching me, what Leo the Thirteenth was teaching me, what John Paul II was teaching me, and in this case, right, what what Pope Francis is, is teaching me. Right, things have changed in the real world, and. We need to listen to the Pope and, 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 and maybe his focus on certain issues, right? So Pope John Paul II wasn't as focused on usury. He was more concerned about communism. Pope Francis is more focused on usury now, and that's fantastic. And what I think is, is really detrimental, and I think it's a great example of the, the problem we get into, and I'll, I'm going to go through this, this uh, blog article from uh, back in 2018. So Around in, in February of 2018, Pope Francis has his audience with this uh, Italian national anti-usury group. Okay, and so the, the popes meet with these people every once in a while, and uh, it's it's really funny. So Philip Booth with Acton Institute here tries to sort of um, uh, recognize that Francis wants to talk about usury, but then he's deflecting. And I'm not going to read the article, but I'm just going to kind of give you a play-by-play and, and give, give a little commentary on it. So he's, he starts off praising the Pope, you know, for, for calling it into usury and exploitation and uh, for more education and all of that. And, you know, he says, the Pope uh, wisely spoke about the importance of people living simple lives so that they did not take on unnecessary debt. He also commented on the importance of people helping those in need through volunteer work instead of lending money. Uh, yeah. Of course, but we are also just supposed to lend expecting nothing, right? I mean, isn't that what Jesus told us? So, yeah, anyway, they move on. Philip Booth, by the way, is the author of this piece. But what is usury? What is the church's teaching on it? When is it problematic and when is it wise for the government to intervene in the matter? Well, gosh, Philip, you know, the thing is, is there's a ton of encyclicals talking about this stuff all over the place. Now, maybe not necessarily specifically usury. But, I mean, we have Vicks Prevenant, we have Benedict XIV, uh, you know, his, his letter sort of settling a dispute that was then declared, um, you know, for the whole church by the, the Holy Office later on. So maybe we should ask uh, Vicks Prevenant, maybe we should ask uh, the popes, maybe we should talk to um, uh, Leo Thirteenth or Bias Eleventh about the, the limits of... Uh, uh, the limits of property rights, right, or the, the 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 ability for the state to have prudent exercise over property rights. Uh, no, and in fact, Philip wants us to go ask Tom Woods from his book, The Church and the Market, uh, about the. And he says he says Tom Woods examines the history and evolution of the Roman Catholic Church's teaching. No, no, he really doesn't. Uh, he, he says. Uh, he argues that the prohibition of all interest on lending is a very difficult position to sustain as a universal principle. Well, my goodness, the, the number of things that are difficult to sustain uh, as a universal principle. Uh, well, I mean, difficult in what way? Difficult logically or difficult in just the sense that um, it, doesn't, it doesn't give you more GDP or it doesn't give you more cheap crap from China or uh, it doesn't let you uh, borrow money to, you know, put yourself in, uh, in, in financial ruin, you know, I mean, well, I mean, heck, if you're telling me it doesn't let me put myself in financial ruin, that sounds like a good thing. Um, if, if it, 
<clears throat> if you're saying it doesn't let you lend money to other people and make ridiculous amounts of money uh, on on the interest, well, gosh, I mean, maybe that's difficult. Maybe that's difficult, but uh, it doesn't really sound uh, all that bad of a problem. I mean, it doesn't sound like a big deal at all. It sounds like something that is difficult, just like the rest of what we're taught to do in Christianity, given the fact that the world is the way it is. Given the fact that people are, uh, you know, original sin and just sin in the world uh, makes us uh, more likely to do bad things, right? Well, I mean, come on, this is just a silly complaint. So then he goes through and talks about uh, talks about borrowing to invest, right? So you know, some people have to buy food, and and some people have to borrow to invest. Well, they might borrow to invest, but that doesn't mean that they they sh- they should uh, necessarily have to pay interest on it right i mean if you want to make an investment make an investment right that's what we have equity for i mean vix prevenet was trying to adju- adjudicate this kind of thing by talking about whether or not someone was taking on a risk for on the underlying principle right i mean read read um read ryan mccall's stuff on this Taking taking a legitimate uh, equity stake in something is not a bad thing. I mean that that that's not usury. So if you wanna if you wanna make money by giving somebody uh, if you wanna make money by giving somebody money and investing, then just invest. I mean this is not difficult. We we can allocate capital perfectly well without debt. There's nothing wrong with it. Now yeah, might things change? Might the fortunes of some people change? Sure. But hey, if we're gonna sit here and say that usury is a sin that cries out to God, which it is then maybe we need to be willing to give up some more, right? So it's interesting here. So then he goes into talking about um, the opportunity cost as if this is some kind of an excuse. And again, see leoinstitute.org slash policy papers. I'll leave a link in the description. Check out our paper on usury. We did a ton of work and put together like a 20-page paper on usury and cited all kinds of stuff. I made all kinds of arguments about it. Um, so it's interesting. So he goes from the the idea of um, uh, opportunity costs, and he starts talking about inflation, and then he talks about risk, but he doesn't talk about risk of the underlying investment. He talks about risk of uh, not being paid back, which, again, is not relevant. Um, and so he goes into what's interesting. He, he goes to He doesn't go to the catechism of the Catholic Church. He goes to the Compendium of Social Doctrine and then starts talking about profit. Okay, so what's well, interesting? So this is this is one of these deflections, right? So the first deflection is we're not going to talk about uh, what the Pope said about usury. We're going to talk about what Tom Wood says about usury. Okay. Then when we go to an authoritative document, we're not going to talk about uh, we're not going to talk about usury, right? Because the Catechism of the Catholic Church flat out says the definition of usury is interest on a loan. That's usury. That's what the catechism says. Now, could the catechism have a longer def- definition that uh, that included some uh, nuance to it or whatever? Sure, could have, but they chose to have a pretty simple definition there. And gosh, you know, even if you have a problem with the current catechism of the Catholic Church for some reason, you know, that seems like a pretty uh, seems like a pretty strict trad definition there, doesn't it? So if you're if you're really concerned about the the, the tradness of the mass. Maybe you'd be concerned about the tradness of the definition of usury as well. So anyway, he goes to the Compendium of the Social Doctrine and Church, and he says, 
that uh, the, the compendium points out, this is, I'm quoting now, points out that the quest for a reasonable profit is perfectly acceptable, unquote. Well, gosh, okay, a reasonable profit. So then who decides what reasonable is? Right. And so he's, he's going to try to, you know, send us down this road of now excessive interest. Okay. He's going to say, Oh, there's, there's all this, Oh, there's all this cloudy, uh, you know, oh, we don't, we don't know what excessive is. We get into this argument from ignorance, right? Well, we don't know. We, we can't possibly know what, what excessive is. We can't nail that down, uh, like from first principles. So then it's impossible to, to implement it. I mean, this is just silly. So again, going back, right. We're not talking about profit because usury is not profit. Okay. Interest on a loan. Now you could, could you write it down as if it were some component of profit? Sure. Yeah. You can, you can slide that into some kind of an accounting model, but again, accounting doesn't define, doesn't uh, define moral teaching, right? It's the other way around just because that's the common practice to treat interest as legitimate profit, right? Or in this case, we're talking about reasonable profit, right? Doesn't mean that morally speaking, it is profit. I right, see this is one of the problems that these people get backwards is they, they want to say, well, the popes don't know anything about economics because, you know, Mises and Rothbard knew more about economics. No, no, no. Here's the problem. The popes know about human nature. They know about people. And from that, we get our economics. We don't start with economics as a science and then back into a, an understanding of humans, an understanding of the human person, Right. The, the, the human person and, and the moral and ethical uh, uh, issues around those people start our investigation of economics, not the other way around. So he goes through, starts talking about payday loans and how, oh man, well, you know, they're, they're just really small loans. And yeah, if you, if you annualize them, then it seems like it's a lot of interest, but wow, let's, let's do some examples. And he goes through some examples about these really short, uh, short-term loans that are just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, to, to charge someone interest who's, who's borrowing money just to feed their children is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is just, it's unconscionable. And yet here it is, here it is on an Acton blog, right? A supposed Catholic outlet. I mean, this is what happens when you refuse to let go of your ideology and submit yourself to the social teaching of the church. This is totally ridiculous. And it happens from all corners. It's not just, uh, you know, the, the, the liberal Catholics. It's, it's all kinds of people, right? We get this from the socialists. We get this from some of the trads, right? The reality is it's, it's possible, right? Isn't it possible that as much as you know, that potentially the popes maybe have a, a little bit better perspective on it, right? By maybe by uh, by by the grace of the, the graces that are given to them when they uh, when they're ordained, when they're elevated to uh, uh, to to being a bishop or to being a pope, maybe they have a better understanding of the theology and how uh, uh, certain theologic theological concepts uh, make it uh, difficult to approve of certain concepts in your ideology. Uh, as it as it pertains to the faith, right? So I mean, again, these are all the things that ran through my head a couple of years ago. Well, a few years ago, really, three or four years ago, when I started to think, gosh, you know, can I really be a libertarian and a Catholic at the same time? Does that make does that even make sense? You know, and so maybe, <laughs> no matter who you are, you should go through that same process. And I'm not saying I'm some great guy, right? I mean, I'm just you know, 
I'm just a dude who, uh, you know, studies economics. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not some great person, but I think that's the thing. I think if we're all going to strive to be humble about, um, you know, our beliefs on, um, all kinds of other things with Catholic social teaching, even if they're hard, right? Well, maybe we should, maybe we should, right? Think about ourselves as someone who should listen to our superiors first and see how those people might have, see if those people might have a better perspective on the social teaching, so the, the appropriate social teaching, the appropriate rules for society, the appropriate deciders of who, you know, who should determine these things, right? I mean, for instance, when we talk about immigration in the catechism, it flat out says, look, we can, right, governments, excuse me, governments can determine whether they should, uh, uh, what the rules are for entering, and, and, and immigrants have a, a responsibility to uh, obey those rules, Right now, that doesn't that doesn't lock down what those rules are, but it it provides a framework, and that's the framework we should be thinking in. We shouldn't be whenever we hear something from the Pope we don't like. We shouldn't say, "Oh, well, here's all the reasons why that's wrong." No, that's really not the way uh, a son obeys a father. It's not, and you know, as um, Ignatius Saint Ignatius of Antioch says in his letter to the Smyrnians, we should follow the bishop as Christ followed God the Father. I mean, come on. This is, this is the right attitude to have. And this Acton blog post is just an example of a whole bunch of people who do not have that same attitude. All right. Thanks for listening. I appreciate everyone sharing the show. I appreciate you downloading and listening. Uh, if you'd like to contribute uh, financially to the show, uh, please uh, check on the Patreon subscribe star links down in the description. You can also donate via Anchor if you like. Uh, but I do appreciate you sharing the show, and I hope all of you have a great week. <laughs>